What is up, my beautiful people? Welcome back to Deconstructing Season 2, Episode 2. I'm one of your hosts, Curtis, and I am joined by the illustrious Delaney. Hello. I feel like I use illustrious a lot. You do? uh, With the title. But we are a fan, so it's okay. (laughs) I mean, who doesn't like being called illustrious? Right? Yeah. All right, so Del, mm-hmm. today we're kind of, I guess you could, we could consider this a soft two-parter for episodes. Okay, yeah, honestly, talking, it was a perfect continuation. Yeah, so we're, mm-hmm. we're talking about something else to do with bodies this week, but it's about the, the cloth we put upon them. <laughs> <laughs> You'll, you, you, this will be the only place, ladies and gentlemen, where you will hear clothing described as that. <laughs> Guaranteed. So, Dell, um, modesty, right? Right. I'm sure you've never been told you need to be more modest, right? Oh my goodness! Uh, pretty much <laughs> every day of my life. <laughs> Start spilling the tea in a respectful way. Well, um, let's first like back up and talk about like what were what were you raised thinking modesty was? Um, I mean, I think it was pretty standard for like a christian evangelical upbringing about like yeah um remember ladies you should uh wear clothes that are pleasing to god which means you have to wear the stuff that like um we tell you to wear for arbitrary reasons and basically that i mean i was never told that like i should wear a specific thing aside from like church social expectations because like I enjoyed like when I was a kid, like wearing suits to church and stuff. Yeah. So wasn't ever really a big deal to me. I mean, I wear, <laughs> I wear shorts to church now. Right. So that's how far I've fallen into heathenism. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Del, what were you taught growing up? So I, as I've said many times, I was taught something by the church and I was taught something by my mother and they were different. Mm. The church raised me to think that if um, a man lusted after me, it had to do with what I was wearing. Yep. It was your fault, right? Yes. Almost like a hundred percent of the time, unless the man struggled with like a sexual sin. And then it was my job to make sure that he didn't struggle with it and to like cover up for him. And so that's what I was raised like within the church believing with my mother, she, my mom's awesome in case y'all picked up on that. Yes, she, she is. She is so awesome. She, um, I think she struggled with it for like half a minute. Cause I remember one time her telling me something I wore was inappropriate. I remember like looking at her and asking, like, I just, I was probably like 11 and I asked her why. And she kind of just like looked at me and she was like, I don't know. And it was never discussed again. Wow. Yeah. And it was a nightgown I had and I was 11 years old. I was a little kid. And, um, she talked about it later in life and she said like in that moment she realized like she was teaching me to dress for the male eye and not dress what I like so I like this nightgown a little blue uh nightgown had, had a little I think a Disney characters on I think it was like little Aww. yeah and I didn't watch Disney growing up so I couldn't tell you like what characters they were but <laughs> it was like a cute little cartoon and like in my head I, I was like absolutely like bewildered as to why it was inappropriate and so she taught me like from that point on, like what I wore was just like what I was comfortable in. I remember one time I was being, I was like 13, I was wearing a mini skirt and my dad had a fit and mom was like, she's 13, relax. She's a child. <laughs> she's literally <laughs> a child. 
And so I was kind of taught to just express myself with my clothing and not to cover up for men or for religion by my mother, mm-hmm. which was a beautiful thing. Well, your mom taught you right in my humble deconstructing opinion. I believe so too. And I'm so grateful for her. But So tell me about the nonsense the church put down your throat. Well, <laughs> you know, that it didn't bother me a lot in high school because there was I didn't go to school. I was homeschooled. So the only person I could really account for was like once in a while, like a Sabbath school teacher would pull me aside. The very first time I was pulled aside, I was 16 or 17 years old. It was my Mm. very first time at a new church. And I walked in and I was going to that church because all my friends went to that church. As one does. As Yep, as one does. But I was new and so I wasn't close with them, but I really really wanted to be. And so I was like super, super shy, super nervous. I was wearing this like, it looked like something that like Jackie O would wear, like Jack Kennedy. And it was just really cute. It was, it was to my knees. So it was long and it was like, this. Mm-hmm. it wasn't tight, but it wasn't like loose. It was very modest to be honest. It was yeah. a high neck, but it showed off my curves. And when I sat oh, down, God I know I sat down at the end of Sabbath school, this, I knew the, the teachers, the Sabbath school teachers, they were my softball coaches, but there's mm-hmm. one teacher who I did not know. And he Uh-oh. walked up to my softball coach and he was like, Hey, can you introduce me to this young lady? And he was like, absolutely. Ooh. And he's probably like 10 years older than I was. Ugh. Yeah. His name is, well, I can feel the cringe. <laughs> I know. I remember his name to this day. That was the only interaction we ever had. He reached out his hand. He said, I'm, and he said his name. And then he said, I wanted to let you know that you're, you're, oh, he said, I want to let you know that you flashed half the room today in Sabbath school. And I was like a very, like, I always kept my legs together. Like I always sat like a lady. And so like, I like, looked at him. Lord. yes, I know. I looked at him kind of shocked. And I just like, and my Sabbath school teacher was like even more shocked, the softball coach. And he was like, yes. And so your dress is actually like you sat very modestly, but because it's so, so tight and I cut him off and I was like, you know what? I noticed it too, which obviously I did not. I thought he was full of it, but I turned around and I left and I was like, I'm done. Like I wasn't Seventh-day Adventist. That's the religion I was attending. And I was like, I'm, like I have no like, interest. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. And my Sabbath school teacher ran to me in the parking lot. And he was like, I am so sorry. My softball coach, he was like, I am so sorry. And that's all he would say. Like he didn't say anything else, but he, I was obviously like, he wanted to say something else, but he would only say, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I was like, it's fine. It's fine. So then two days later, it was a Tuesday. So three days later, I was sitting at the village market, having my lunch for work. And I was clocked out sitting down and this big, huge man sits down. He goes, Hey, can I sit next to you? And I was like, Oh yeah. And he sits down next to me across from me. And he was like, do you recognize me? And I was like, no, he's like, okay. I was your pastor when you're like a little, little tiny kid. And I was like, Oh, and I was like, well, it's good to see you. And he was like, I heard what happened in church. I'm the new pastor there. And just so you know, that, that Sabbath school teacher that spoke to you is no longer welcome in that room. He's no longer allowed to like go near that room. And I was like, Oh, oh wow. wow. I know. And that was like a moment where like, I think I truly, I think if that hadn't happened, I would have started to dress and act like church appropriate or whatever. But Mm -hmm. when that happened, I realized that all of these men had like stood up for me and they truly understood that um, I, for one, I was 16. I was was a little kid. Like I was under Mm -hmm. no reason for him to be treating me like that. And two, that I could um, dress a certain way and not be sexualized because one man did doesn't mean all men do. Does that make sense? absolutely yeah and like that that's awesome that uh you had like so many like affirming men like tell you like actually not crappy things about it right yes I was very fortunate in that church and to this day those people are still really really special to me 
that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's definitely something that like me and my viewers can like take to heart. It's like, hey, so like a lot of times, like if specifically a man speaks up about something just due to the way our culture is designed and like forced upon us, like then people will listen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, women should absolutely speak up and like they feel that like something isn't right, but like it takes everyone yes, to kind of bust these, these notions of like silliness. Right. And like, because it, I mean, modesty is about controlling people ultimately. Right. But so why, so we, we hear the phrase like, oh, modesty is about control, but like, what specifically is trying to be controlled there, you think? You know, I, I couldn't tell you. I think there's a plethora of reasons for different people, but I think the largest, the, the, the biggest reason is probably, I think it boils down to the fear. Oh, I might, I might step on some toes, but I think it's the fear of sex. As long as we don't name names, <laughs> we, won't get, we won't get canceled this time. Exactly, exactly. I think it's the fear of sex and the fear of sexuality. It boils Ooh, down yep. to, and we've been taught so much in church that we should be ashamed of our sexual desires and ashamed of our sexuality. Mm-hmm. And I think that's wrong personally. And that's a whole other topic. We've totally delved agree. into it before, I think actually, but mm-hmm. um, I think what happens is, especially when you have someone who is sexually minded, which often happens with the male gender, then they are afraid of that feeling. And if they see you and they think of something sexual, then they blame it on you. That makes sense. And that's not mm-hmm. for all men. But that's for those who put up that standard of um, extreme modesty. I remember I was in college one time and I was in dress code and I was dress coded. And I said, well, I was like, I, I, I'll absolutely change it. Like, what's wrong with my outfit? And I was being respectful and he couldn't tell me because there not, nothing was wrong with it. But he mm-hmm. saw me in a sexual way and he assumed it was my clothing. And um, that's messed up. Yes. And I think that I had, I had, I called him out, but at that point I didn't realize it. I was just kind of like, well, maybe he doesn't want to tell me. <laughs> so I just left, but it took me a couple of years to really kind of like to fully grasp what had happened. And I think that if I had confronted that person, even now, if I confronted them, that they would be able to kind of like rationalize that and understand it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's wild that like, sometimes like just because someone's attractive, it doesn't matter what clothing they're wearing they're just seen as like oh wow this person's kind of like flirty yes and it's like no you're just a weirdo stop being a weirdo about it (laughs) yes absolutely what do you think though where do you think the whole modesty concept really originated um so I mean I think it stems from the fact that the church specifically is still very male dominated okay um and I speak both like in avenue sense and in just a Christian sense too, mm-hmm. where, I mean, some denominations are doing better at it than others in terms of like giving women voices and power and like authority. Mm-hmm. Um, Adventism is not really one of those. I'm not going to say there's not any progress because that would be a lie, right. but it's definitely slower than a lot of people would like. Yes. Agreed. And because of that, I think it, it's the simple fact that sexuality can be a way to control people because mm. sex is in essence very intimate and 
in its most base form, I think it's an act of surrender by both parties and an act yes. of vulnerability. Uh -huh. And if one of those parties were to manipulate it in a way to where they never had to be the ones surrendering and like making themselves vulnerable, then yeah, they'd absolutely do it. And I think that's what men have done over the years. It's like, hey, so like, I don't want to surrender in like an intimate way to someone. I just want people to be subservient to me and what I think. Yeah. And I think that there's, there's a pervasive like possessiveness in kind of Christian relationships mm -hmm. to the point where like, um, you go to school, you court people, whatever, and you're looking for someone, or at least this is how men are taught in my experience. Um, you're taught to find someone to make your own and for you to, in a positive way, protect, but in a negative way to have all to yourself. And right. it's very, it's a very primordial like ancient thought of like, oh yeah, like I am going to have a partner and they're going to be mine. And what we do behind closed doors is my business and not anyone else's. So with that mentality, um, sex is seen as taboo. So therefore, anybody who appears to be sexually liberated is seen as a radical and is ostracized by a very large majority of the church. Mm. And just because someone wears something that like, I don't know, accentuates your curves. I, I think that's really like, I think that in and of itself is a, a vague statement and it could be, it could mean different things to different people. Right. But uh, let's just say if someone's distracted, then they'll be seen as a sex object. And all these Christian leaders, while they jerk off to porn in their own personal lives, are going to also say that, uh, yeah, that's not right because it lessens the power we have over them. Hmm. Interesting. I definitely see your power angle there. It's a very interesting observation. Mm -hmm. Because I think that sex can be about a lot of different things, but unfortunately one of those is power. Another one is intimacy. Another one is just like kind of a uh, connection. But uh, if you have a broken power dynamic in your relationship, then I would say uh, not a great relationship. Agreed. And that includes spiritual relationships. Mm -hmm. If you have a bad power dynamic with your church, then get the frick out of there. Right. So, Del. Yeah. Question. Mm -hmm. Let's say I am a father. Oh. And I come to you, my dear friend Del, and I'm like, Del, I don't know if I should even care about what my child wears. Should I care? What would you tell me? Ooh. Um, I think, yeah, I think there, it, yes, I would say, yes, you should care. 
but not in the way in which we are taught traditionally to care. Mm, okay. I, I think you should care that your child wears what they want to wear and what they mm-hmm. feel um, comfortable in. It's interesting with clothing how, like, like, um, like I feel most comfortable in a dress, right? And mm-hmm. I feel terribly uncomfortable in shorts. But I have a girlfriend who feels very uncomfortable in a dress and she wears shorts almost every day of her life. Mm-hmm. And it's like we live very similar lifestyles, but we're just different like that. And so I think if you observe that your child is wearing something that they don't feel comfortable in, that's not them, that they don't, that you don't think, and you, I would encourage a conversation, a very in-depth conversation, but you don't think is representing who they feel they are, and that they're trying to fit into a stereotype or trying to fit mm-hmm. into a group of people, that's when the concern can be, because that can be indicative. I don't know if that's the right word, but I think it is. Yeah, a deeper yeah. good issue. word usage. Thank you. It can be indicative of a deeper issue. And that issue could be, um, it, it seems superficial, clothing does. But if you're, if you're dressing to fit into a group, what else are you doing to fit into a group? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. So that's where the concern would lie. As opposed to, mod- when it comes to modesty, no. I think that the only concern you have for your child is if they're dressing immodestly to achieve something which actually yeah. isn't that bad sometimes, you know, like I've definitely worn a low cut top to get a better grade in a class. I'm not going to lie. So, <laughs> And I mean, I've, I've worn some uh, pretty thin tank tops when I go out and exercise to uh, achieve a specific result. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think that that's a fabulous perspective to have. And that's like, honestly, that was going to be my only question to you that you already answered is like, what if peer pressure is involved? Because like, you don't want to phrase it like, oh, that's just not appropriate. You gotta, you gotta specifically say, hey, like, do you feel pressured to dress this way right. because someone you think is cool is telling you to do that? Right. Because mm-hmm. then you're like, then you need to encourage them, hey, like, you are yourself, dress how you picture yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's, that's really all you gotta say. Absolutely. So, and I mean, we, we might not have children, but we have been parented before. And like, I was lucky in that I am a man mm-hmm. and therefore never had my parents tell me like, oh, you shouldn't wear that. My parents were always like really relaxed, like what I wore. Did you ever get in trouble at school for something you wore? Uh, um, no, I got told in college a couple times like not to wear shorts, but it was more in like a hey, maybe you shouldn't wear shorts. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whatever. <laughs> um in when I was in eighth grade, I got detention for having a mustache because the oh. school I went to, the school I went to didn't allow facial hair. Oh. Which is a weird thing. I think it just comes from like weird, like christian mingling with like a whole like military mindset which i think is weird Mm, yeah where it's like yeah we want to be clean cut and like sharp and i'm like sure if we're gonna go serve (laughs) but we're going to science class what do you expect from me (laughs) but yeah i did i did get in trouble for having a mustache and uh I now have a mustache again, so Do you? who's I laughing seen now? You in so long, I, I didn't realize you did. Yeah, I, I've been, I've been kind of experimenting with the mustache game, because wow. like I was just all right, all right. 
we're going to do a side tangent because this is this is when we really get into the fun of a podcast. <laughs> First podcast was us getting back into the scheme of things. This is where we really start getting going, you know? <laughs> no, so, so I, uh, and it actually does tie back into what we were talking about. So I was sitting three or four months ago, or probably two or three. I feel like I say everything was three or four months ago um, in a Casting Crowns concert oh. with my family. Casting Crowns is a band that I used to really like. Not really my thing anymore, but I totally respect people who love them. Their old stuff was good. Yeah, their old stuff was really good, uh, in my opinion. Yep. I have some theological differences with them, but that's okay. Who doesn't have theological differences with everybody who exists? Right. Um, and I was just sitting there and the thought just hit me. I feel like I want a mustache again. <laughs> <laughs> And, and normally, like, I kind of just shaved, I, I, and I realized in that moment, like, I had just been, like, shaving and, like, trimming my beard toward what I think would appear most attractive. I didn't even realize I was doing that. Yeah. But then I was like, well, what's more attractive than shaving how I want to shave and appearing how I want to appear? Right. And if that includes a mustache, and if that's a turn on for somebody then that's their loss not mine yeah so I mean it was that tiny it, it was that tiny moment that really like meant a lot to me where like I went home that night and shaved up around the mustache and I still have it and it still wow. feels good still feels right yeah and I think that, that kind of ties back into what we were saying like how we want to raise kids like mm -hmm. just do what feels good to you in terms of like how you want to look. Mm -hmm. Agreed. It's not that big of a deal. Right. And I mean, there's a bunch of loaded cultural reasons that there's like directions for dress in the Bible. Um, I have not seen any good arguments in my opinion for why that would directly apply to today. Cause you have to cherry pick a lot of stuff. Cause like, I mean, there are verses about like women who like expose their hair and it's like all right so uh how many karens are gonna start to uh, follow in that verse right and i okay okay so um that being said Del, i have a fun question okay all right it could be a triggering question we'll see Ooh, okay. what is the most what is the most ridiculous ridiculously intense like modesty rule you've heard Oh my goodness. Ridiculously intense. The three or the three or five. I think it's five inches inseam in your shorts. Oh my so, so word. Like, so like shorts have to be five inches long. Yes, exactly. And like we all have different like lengths. I have long. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. That's and stupid. so I have been on mission trips or adventures with a church and I've never actually been questioned, but I've had my short side-eyed and I remember sitting there. I'm like, I dare, I dare you come measure them. I dare you. Cause they are five <laughs> inches and they're below my fingertips. I just have long legs. And so, yeah, it's, that's absolutely ridiculous to me. Absolutely ridiculous. It's ridiculous to me. And then I also worked at summer camp as the girls director and so oh, Lord. I know so many, I loved that, that job, but the dress code issue, there were so many weeks first of all there's this 
worker, a staff member who wore a male staff member who wore a wife beater, which is fine, but he was like really jacked. And so it was like a super tight shirt. You could see like every muscle, it was white. So you could see through mm -hmm. it. So he's essentially like, just like flaunting his stuff, like all the yeah, time. Shirtless, basically yeah, shirtless. And, yeah. And he, he was, you know, he was a male so i didn't have any dress code issues over him the only time i ever dress coded one of my female staff was when she was wearing a swimsuit in the cafeteria which is just like courtesy to not wear your swimsuit in the cafeteria it's like a tradition almost at the camp yeah. and even that i just like hey it's like hey do you mind like next time not wearing your swimsuit or like putting a shirt on over it and it was actually his girlfriend and she was always like oh yeah that's fine but with him i didn't have any say and i didn't have an issue with it but i said the moment teen camp starts and someone tells me to dress code a camper i have two responses number one the camper's under 18 that's a child and so absolutely not i'm not gonna dress code them they're a child and number two sorry i don't know if that if you can hear that my dog is moving <laughs> but, i could not hear that at all okay good number two um what was number one? Oh, she is a she's a child Yep, child. Number two, I'm not going to dress code her before you dress code him because he's Ooh, been like that there you go. camp. He works here and he is very modest compared to this girl who probably has a three inch inseam, heaven forbid. Oh my goodness. And oh so, gosh. So that actually happened. Um, someone said something. It was actually my director and I was like super sweet and I was like, hey, like, no, let's, let's dress code this kid first and then um address this issue but it never ended up being an issue because he, he what he actually said to me he's like do you see it as an issue and I said no I don't he's like well I respect your opinion and it never was discussed again and so well there you go yeah it was it was good but you're a champion for the people though <laughs> but what's the most ridiculous one that you've heard oh let's see um hmm okay so uh one first is a catchphrase that I think everyone has heard at some point. You might not have heard it. I don't know, Del. You have some, you have some interesting cultural blank spaces with Adventism that I really appreciate that makes our conversations much more interesting. Thank you. <laughs> that, that is always fun to hear. But I, you've probably heard this before. Modest is hottest. Oh, I have heard that. But I think oh, I only heard that in college, like as a joke. Yeah. But like, it's definitely like something you're taught in like youth group growing up. And it's like, oh, okay. That's a that's that's one that's one way to think that is bad. Yeah. Um, but I think in terms of like dress code modesty, um, it doesn't really tie into modesty. But I did have a Bible teacher one time who argued that men should not wear ties in church because ties are considered jewelry. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh man. Wow. And like that that's one of the silliest things I've heard. Yeah. That is pretty ridiculous ridiculous. I almost like it though to use it as an argument against how ridiculous like no jewelry is. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It, it totally works as a counter argument. Oh yeah. It works both ways. Wow. That's insane. I can't imagine. Were they elderly? No, no, they were a younger guy. You know how sometimes you get like young extreme people who like had like a really intense conversion experience. So they're just yeah. like on fire and you're like, oh man. Yes. Yikes. Yes. Like once you start questioning things existentially again, things are going to get rough. <laughs> yes. I think Balance I and all things. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's plenty of them there. Oh yeah. Usually in the in, theology department. <laughs> in, uh, 
unnamed college from a specific region of the world. Yes. And I'm totally kidding. I, I love I, most of my friends in college were actually theology majors, but it's just funny the differences they had in their cultural and view of the world. Dude, every major is silly in their own way. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. Remember our department? Oh, man. <laughs> a collection of fun characters, including, oh. uh, including us. Including us. Oh, yes, definitely. Wow, I miss college now. <laughs> you know Let's what's interesting? Back. Yeah, so this, I, I still work on campus because I'm still a student. And I work at the desk at Halsey. Mm -hmm. and the gym and a lot of freshmen come through and it is so much fun because they're all freshmen because they're coming through for like the, the first few weeks of school orientation and stuff they're and they all come through yes yeah, so all bright-eyed and the the boys are all like doe-eyed I don't know if that's the right actually terminology but they're all like just <laughs> like fast yeah fascinated with every like female that like walks the earth I think is like beautiful and I got an, an elevator with one um with actually a group of them and they made room for me because I was delivering mail so I had a big mail cart and mm -hmm. I said, how are you? And I said, oh, I'm doing good. How are you? And they said, pretty fantabulous. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And I, <laughs> I felt so bad. I just looked at them and I said, are y'all first year? And like, oh, can you tell? <laughs> I said, yeah, I can Aww. tell. <laughs> it was so cute. I thought fantabulous was something from our generation. <laughs> I, it, it is. But when you try to impress a girl with it, it's not. <laughs> it's fair. Yeah. You're just like, well, this seems like a foxy older lady. Right. <laughs> oh. Del, do you realize that we're like uh, seven, eight years older than like the youngest oh. freshman now? Yeah. So a freshman asked me, he was like, "What grade are you in?" I said, "Like, oh, like what year God. am I?" <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, what year are you?" I said, "Year eight. And he went, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I love it. I do. It's wild, though. I feel old all of a sudden now. Right. Mm -hmm. Talking about what we're going to tell our kids to do. Oh, I know. Not that any kids are on the way in no. this immediate moment. Nope. <laughs> Not if I have anything to say about it. Nope. We still file our taxes as single. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, no, this has been a fun conversation. This is a really fun conversation. I feel like we're back into it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Last week we were getting our podcast jitters out. Yes. Still a good, still a good combo though. Oh yeah, for sure. And next week we'll be back with probably something even spicier. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send Dell some wild topics to choose Ooh, from. This week. I like that. Well, do you have anything else you'd like to add in terms of the modesty conversation? No, I think that's a really great conversation. I feel like we covered the bases we wanted to cover. I feel like we did and I think we both shared like the, how we grew up with it and where we stand now and what we would recommend people do yeah definitely because I mean I'm sure the masses all come to us for that hard-hitting life advice <laughs> I'm sure we're just so wise <laughs> so wise in our so 25 wise. slash 26 years 25 dude years. I'm 26 now oh, and oh my goodness you are 26 gosh I'm on the back half Oh. oh, yeah, you're in your late 20s. <gasps> no, I am in my mid-20s oh, still. Mid-late right. mid 20s. <laughs> when does it start becoming late 20s? 28. Come on, okay. please. Can it be 28? <laughs> yeah, it could be 28. <laughs> Bless you. Bless you. 
Oh, well, I am 25, so I am right in that, that middle line. <laughs> You're coming around the bend. Coming around the bend. All right. Well, as always, this has been, this has been, uh, oh, I think I, I think I see the title last. Uh, um, so as always, I am Curtis Cooper. And I'm Delaney. And this has been Deconstructing. Stay loose. Stay loose.